Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. and I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Romans chapter 12, excuse me. Verse 11 is the focus scripture for this morning. Verse 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I want to talk about understanding the spiritual intensity that we must maintain. Understanding the spiritual intensity that we must maintain. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word, Lord. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word and the things that you sent your word to. And thank you for sending this word to us this morning. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for this opportunity this morning to share the word of the Lord with you all. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I, I, I want to, before I jump into the message, let me just say a word. I, the last few Sundays, I, I made a statement that uh, I didn't know that was going to raise some issues and not anything that I had really uh, dug into. But as I was preaching, it came up concerning, uh, concerning, uh, amen, concerning Christ, concerning uh, no human DNA being passed from Mary into Christ. And, and so when a couple of, not, it wasn't controversy or anything, but when the question came to me, amen, and we're going to discuss this, and, I, and that, this is one of the reasons I love the way that, that our ministers and elders are being raised up uh, to ask questions. The Bible says uh, that the people of Berea were more noble than others because they searched the scriptures to find out if what the apostles told them was the truth and it's always important to, to if you don't if you hear something and you don't understand it or if you think it's incorrect to ask a question because that's how you get clarity now now the jury is still out on that issue uh, and it's, I did not even realize that that was something that had been discussed uh, prior to before I as I was preaching, it just came up and it, it came out. So it wasn't any teaching I had gone and looked up or studied or anything beyond that. It was just my thinking of the fact that Jesus had to be perfect, sinless, and could not have a sin nature uh, in order to be, uh, to be the, the, the Messiah. And the only way the DNA is passed from human beings, from, from one human being to the others through the bloodline. Amen. So anyway, we're going to talk about that more. And, and uh, uh, you know, for some people, it probably just passed over their heads. But for others, they ask questions. And that's good to ask questions. It's a theological 
it's a theological issue. It's a theological question, and it deals with uh, it deals with Christ and and his the hypostatic union that we've talked about. I know this is not seminary, all right, but we should have strong theological foundations as Christians. Too many Christians just don't know what they believe. And you don't, unless you discuss it, unless you talk about it, you come to, you never form solid theological beliefs. And how can we defend the faith if we never form solid theological beliefs? So we'll talk about that more, uh, but I'm not going to say that today. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I want to talk about understanding the spiritual intensity that we must maintain. Amen. Again, Romans chapter uh, 12, verse 11 uh, says, uh, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Amen. Of course, NIV puts in but. We'll talk about that as we, as we go on. Again, our theme for this year is maintaining spiritual intensity for God's movement. The intent... Uh, is for us to see, firstly, that God is moving and God is working every day we live. God is not just sitting high looking low, but God is active in the world around us, all right, every day that we live. And he expects those of us who have professed faith in Christ to understand what he is doing uh, to understand the charge given to us to be part of that movement and to join him in the work that he is doing in the world in this season of time. Now, to say he expects us to understand, he knows that, that, come, that understanding is a process. The Bible says in all of your getting, do what? Get understanding. Amen. So part of what we do is to try to help people get understanding so that we do understand what God is doing. Now, now most of the time, we talk about mission, okay, and the mission of God. But we got to see the move of God. Mission can sound stationary unless you put go to it. But when you hear the word movement, you see activity. Amen. And God is moving. Amen. You wouldn't have gotten up this morning if God wasn't moving. Amen. Amen. But God is moving. God is saving. God is healing. God is delivering. Amen. He's bigger than York, South Carolina. He's bigger than Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. God is the sovereign God over the universe. So right now, God is saving somewhere in Africa. Right now, God is healing somewhere in Russia. Right now, God is speaking somewhere in Asia. Amen. Because he's always moving and God wants his people to understand this so that we can be a those of us who profess faith in Christ can understand and be a part of what he is doing in the world, in the area where we live, amen, in the season of time that we're living. Now, when your season is over, it's over. Amen. God is not moving in the grave. Amen. Amen. So when, when, when the Lord calls me home, I'm not going to be preaching to you. I don't think you want me to either. 
Amen. But you understand what I'm saying. Okay. So in, 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 in his movement, God is still rescuing people from the powers of darkness and bringing them into his kingdom, uh, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his movement, lives are still being changed, and those changed persons are being equipped to be used by him to bring others into this same kingdom. Amen. His movement never stops. He will continue working in this world and, 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 and through his followers until Christ returns. Amen. Uh, amen. The charge to us on January, what's today? January what? January 14th, 2024 and beyond is that we have and maintain the intensity that it will take for us to be uh, the instruments and the vessels of the people of God to effectively participate with him in his work in the world. You got to maintain that intensity. You got to do it. And I'm not just talking about being saved and coming to worship. Amen. There is an urgency in the spirit realm or in the spirit to win souls and make disciples. There is an urgency. Amen. The Lord is not sitting back waiting on you. Amen. If we don't do it, he'll raise up someone else. Jesus said on one occasion when they tried to silence the people, the children from, from, from praising him, or the people from praising him, he said, if these don't praise me, the very rocks will cry out. Amen. So he wants us to be involved. He wants us to be engaged. But we have to understand he's not waiting on us. Amen. He will get his work done in spite of us. But we need to be a part of what he's doing. We can't just sit back and say, well, it's going to get done. No. In order for us to be his people and to, and, and to, and to uh, be the soul winners that he has called us to be, we've got to be a part of what he's doing. We can't sit back. Amen. Every day you live, an opportunity will be presented to you to share your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some way, somehow, whether it's at home with your children, with your grandchildren, whether it's on your job, amen, whether it's at Walmart, whether it's at Publix or what have you, some way, somehow, there will be an opportunity presented to you to be a light in the midst of darkness. Amen. So there is an urgency. There is an urgency. And I thought about urgency. I thought about the scripture. I think it's 2 Samuel. And it's talking, David is talking uh, uh, to one of his sons or one of his sons. He said, the king's business requires haste. Amen. That means you, you, when it comes to the, the and now I'm talking about the king of kings and lord of lords. When it comes to the lord of lords and the king of kings, his business is urgent. Amen. It is urgent. The Bible says the harvest is ready. Now, I know most of us are not farmers anymore. Most of us didn't even grow up on a farm, but some of us did. And when harvest time comes, you got to go in the field and get the harvest. You can't wait a month to go out there. You got to get it when it's ready. Amen? When you're baking a cake, you got to take it out of the oven when it's ready. If you let it stay in the oven too long, what? It's going to be dry and you don't want to eat it. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're, boil, if you're boiling noodles and you boil them too long, they will turn to mush. 
Amen. So when it's ready, it's ready. And saints, we've got to see this. We've got to understand this. Jesus said the harvest is ready. He said the harvest is right. But we've got to understand it from the standpoint that there are people out there waiting on you to share Christ with them so that they can come to know him as Savior and Lord. Amen. I've lifted out, uh, lifted out text out of a list of instructions that Paul was given to followers of Christ in Rome. As he wrote to the church at Rome. This 12th chapter of Romans starts with an appeal to believers to live righteously based on God's favor and grace toward all humanity, all right? Jews and Gentiles, okay? And he, if you read the earlier chapters uh, leading up to chapter 12, you'll see what Paul says about the Jews and, and, and the Gentiles and, and how they're not written out of God's plan but because of God's God's favor and God declaring all men unrighteous so that he could provide a Savior, amen, so that all people could come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, amen. So, and, and so this is how this, 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 this teaching is going, and it continues by giving instructions on how believers should live in relationship to God and in relationship to one another, amen. Are you a believer? Yes. Amen, amen, amen. Are you a follower of Jesus? Amen. 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 So we need to know how to live. You say, well, I already know. Maybe you do. Uh, They ain't for me to judge. I'll just preach the word. Amen. And the word says, don't be lacking in zeal. The word says, keep your spiritual fervor. So if you are a follower of Jesus, don't be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. Let's go a little bit further with this. Let's go a little bit further. This 11th verse starts with some practical advice as to how they and we can continuously do what is required of us in these relationships because sometimes it gets difficult working with people. Amen. Hey, thank you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we get tired in our own bodies. There are things that that affect us, amen? And although the context is dealing with believers, um, believers to God and believers to believers, it also speaks to us as we are challenged to and are to seek uh, uh, to obey and please God in this life. Now, our desire as born-again believers is to please God. Amen, right? Our desire as born-again believers is always to please God. If we do not want to please God, then that's another problem that needs to be dealt with. Amen. You see, the committed follower of Christ wants to please him. Even if we find ourselves not pleasing him, our own spirits will be grieved because our desire is to please him. Paul states in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, if, and I know I'm lifting this out, but but this part speaks to us. If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So Paul is saying, I'm not trying to please man. I want to please Christ. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. We make it our aim. Whether we are present in the body or absent from the body, our aim is to please him. He challenged believers in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. 
For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Again, in, first, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, he says, So walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Amen. Fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And again, Romans 12, verse 1, where we are today in this whole context, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God which is your true and proper worship. From these passages, we see that the desire of and the challenge to followers of the Lord Jesus Christ is to please him, to please him. We work a lot at pleasing one another. We got to please the Lord. Amen. Amen. Husbands work hard at pleasing their wives. We got to first of all please the Lord, and vice versa. Amen. We got to learn to please the Lord. Now, now to please him and to please him continually, and a part of pleasing him is fulfilling our calling as ministers of reconciliation in this world. Now, no one who has accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord is exempt from that ministry. You got to get this. Nobody is exempt from the ministry of reconciliation. If you are a follower of Jesus, he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, okay? That means people who don't know him, they still belong to him, but they're out of fellowship. They're out of relationship. It's our job to reconcile them to God. People who've fallen away, it's our job to reach them and reconcile him to God. There's nobody exempt. There's no follower of Christ that's exempt from this. You just can't be satisfied that you're in the ministry of hospitality and you're not reconciling people to the Lord. You can't be satisfied. You're on the praise team. That's the evangelism. No, 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 no. Because even though there are various gifts in the body, the, the, the ministry of the body is to follow Jesus and lead other people to follow him. Amen. That's our whole ministry. That's the ministry of the church. That's why we're in the world. We're saved and God has sent us out so that we can go into the home that he has said is ripe and ready. Amen. It's ready, saints. You're saying, well, I tried talking to somebody and they didn't accept. Maybe that one, one, that one wasn't ready, but somebody is ready. You don't stop because you meet some opposition. You plant the seed, amen, and somebody else comes along and waters that seed that you planted, and eventually that seed will take root, that seed will germinate and take root and grow. But you started the process. You don't stop with that one. You keep on talking. You keep on sharing. You keep on praying. You target people as the Holy Spirit leads you because you have the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Amen. If every believer would just catch this, you're not just a, a, a seat warmer. You don't come just to, just to give your tithes and offerings or just to hear the message. 
You come so that you are inspired, so that you are better equipped, so that your spirit man and woman is stirred, amen, to go back into the world, amen, and share your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, we need to maintain spiritual intensity. Got to maintain the spiritual intensity. Too many times, and I, and I said this a little bit earlier, too many times we get distracted by life. People say, life happens. Life does happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. You live. Don't expect life not to happen. Just don't expect it. <laughs> Young people, amen, those of you here, those who might be listening, keep on living. Life is going to happen. Amen. People get sick. People die. Life is going to happen. Accidents happen. Life is going to happen. Because you are a follower of Jesus, doesn't mean life is not going to happen. Jesus said in the world, you have tribulation. You live in this world, it's going to happen. We get distracted by life. By life. And, I, and, and I wrote the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I don't want to just, us to just hear that word lust and think, think sex. Amen. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life can be one in money, one in fame, one in fortune, one in recognition. Man, I had to deal with a situation uh, just the other day, and I told the people, listen, this is not about me. This is about the kingdom. It's not about my name. Ever since I've been involved in missions, it's never been about Alfred Jackson having a name. I thank God, amen, that the Lord has given me, amen, a name. And people know my name, amen, when I go out to minister. But that's, it's, that's, not, that's not what I'm in this for. I'm not in this for recognition, amen? You know, I took to heart a long time ago that if I get my reward on earth, there's no reward for me in heaven. So I want my reward in heaven. Amen. If all I'm looking for on earth, amen, and I get it on earth, there's nothing left for me in heaven. I'm looking for my reward in heaven. Amen. And they, I was in this conversation. They were, they were going on talking and trying to justify and explain what they were trying to do. I said, wait a minute. Let me come in here. This is not about me. This is not about my name. Y'all take this and do what you want to do with it. It's for the kingdom. It's, this work is not about me, and I will never fight so that I can have a name. Let the Lord be glorified. Amen. Let the Lord be glorified. So we get distracted with all of these lusts, amen, uh, that, that's not sexual, but it's just natural, amen, these desires, these wants, amen, then we can get distracted by these things. Too many times, we get busy doing other things in kingdom work, amen? Too many times, we're consumed with ourselves, and what we want to do are what we want out of life. Too many times our problems, our worries, our issues of life consume all of our time and energy and nothing is left for God and his work. Then some believers tend to forget to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. As Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. When these things happen, spiritual intensity wanes. Like a fire, how many of y'all remember the fireplace or the wood stove? I do. 
Thank, thank God for y'all that didn't grow up in the country. And I always had gas or electric heat. Amen? But like a fire in the fireplace that is not kept stocked with wood and stirred, the flames begin to die down. Or like a car running out of gas. You know that. Anybody ever run out of gas while you're riding along? Their car starts sputtering. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. If left unchecked, the fire dies out. If, 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 if left unchecked, your car runs out of gas. When the fire dies out, you are left with a cold and lifeless spirit and desire for God. I had to put, in our family room, on that side of the house, is always cold. So we got a fireplace, and it works good. You, know, you turn the fan on, and it pushes the air down. It works good when the fireplace is on and the fan is, is running. But then when the fireplace goes off, if the fan keeps running, it gets cold. So you got to get up and turn the fan off to keep the room from getting cold again. So I said, I need to put a fan in with a remote control. So all I got to do is push the button. When, when, when the blower stopped blowing on the fireplace, I pushed the button and turned the fan off. I put it in the other day. Thank God it works so well. Amen. 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 We don't want to be cold. How many of you, how many of you got up this morning and thought about, man, I should stay at home and stay in the bed because it's cold out there. We don't want to get cold, saints. If you don't want to get cold in the natural, don't get cold in the spirit. Don't get cold in the spirit. Don't let the fire burn out. We need to avoid this at all cost. There's too much at stake for any believer to fall into spiritual coldness for yourself and for those that you will encounter that need to know Jesus. Verse 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Let's talk about keeping your spiritual fervor. And, and when you read in the commentary, it, it pointed out, it says, but keep your spiritual fervor is not the best translation. And this is the NIV. Other translations don't say that. So, you know, all this comes as part of studying and understanding uh, the, the, these things. He says there's nothing in the Greek corresponding to the NIV's but. Paul has this long series of injunctions with no connectives. And so we lose something of the flavor when you add in but with the insertions. And then he goes on to say, and his insertions, his imperative is something like this. Never be lacking in zeal with respect to the spirit boiling. With respect to the spirit boiling. Now, did you get a picture of something boiling when I said that? Boiling. So you know that if you put a pot of water on the stove, you know when it starts boiling. You can look at it and you can see the bubbles. All right? Spiritual intensity. What? Wait, wait, wait. 
All of us know what boiling looks like. Amen? And if for something to boil, it has to have high heat. You're not going to boil water on your stove with the eye turned on low. You got to turn it on high. In order, or medium high. But if you want to boil and boil fast, you got to turn it on high. Amen? So we can say with respect to the spirit and spiritual things in your life, keep it boiling. Keep it intense. For if your spirit is ablaze, it's by the Holy Spirit and he's going to give you the fire of God or the fire for God and the things of God and the work of God. That's the whole, whole picture of spiritual intensity. Keep your spirit boiling for God. Keep your spirit man, your spirit woman on fire for God. Keep the heat turned high, amen, so that you are boiling for God. If you keep your, 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 your spirit intense, your mind and your body will follow. If you keep your spirit intense, your mind will follow. Your body will follow. But you got to keep your spirit intense. This, this, this whole issue deals with the spirit being in control, not your mind and your body. Your mind will tell you to do a whole lot of things, but your spirit will say, no, you can't do that. You're born again. Your spirit, man, amen, is always going to lead you deeper into the things of God. So we don't just follow the mind. We have to learn that mind and body has to be submitted to the Holy Spirit, to the spirit of man that's in you, that's, that's, that, that, that is filled with the spirit of Almighty God. Okay. So spiritual intensity deals with us, with our spirit man, spirit woman being intense, boiling, burning brightly. The eye on the electric stove in your life set on high for the things of the Spirit so that you can serve the Lord with that intensity. Somebody say, I got to turn the eye on high. Some of you got it on medium. Some of you got it on low. And there's no boiling in your life for God. There's no intensity for the things of God. Now, and you know, this counters... This, this, this uh, counters common religious thought, which decries spiritual intensity and says, it doesn't take all of that. I know you got to love the Lord, but it don't take all of that. I label people as Jesus freaks or religious fanatics. But we need to move beyond common religious thought and common church thinking and think biblically. Many biblical followers, when you study the scriptures, they were on fire for Christ. And whenever the church began to wane, the reason we can challenge you is because the church was challenged in scripture. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? That's a challenge because they lost their intensity for Christ and they began to listen to other teachings. Well, the first part of verse 11 also gives us some insight on the spiritual intensity and what it looks like. It says, never be lacking in zeal with regard to the spirit boiling 
serving the Lord. Zeal translates a word that combines the idea of haste and diligence. It's an important aspect of Christian commitment. Titus 2.14 speaks of Christ who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, zealous or eager for good works. Now, if you're saved, that means that you're part of that people that Paul is talking about as he writes to Titus. God in Christ, amen, gave himself to redeem you from all wickedness, to purify you for himself. Me too, us, all right? So that he would have a people of his very own. We belong to Christ. And not just have a people of his very own that will come to worship on Sunday, dress up and put on deodorant and cologne and look good, but who will be zealous, who will be eager, who will be on fire, who will be intense about good works. And you know what the first good work is he wants you to be intense about? Winning souls. Winning souls. Winning souls and making disciples. Hallelujah. So, so we're to be in haste and diligent about doing the work of Christ. And he says, never be lacking. Never be lacking is another of the adjective in this. It's another use of the adjective in the sense of an imperative. But be lacking, the commentator says, does not give the, same, give the sense as well as do not be lazy. Now, you know what being lazy is. <laughs> lazy is wanting to avoid Activity. Don't want to do anything. Let somebody else do it. You're in your house and you see the floor needs sweeping. Did somebody say, I've been there? <laughs> and you, if you're not lazy, you get up and get the broom or get the vacuum cleaner or whatever and you clean it up. You know, you tell your children they're lazy, they'll lay in bed. They'll take off their clothes and throw them on the floor. They'll go in the bathroom and see the bathroom dirty. They won't do anything. Won't you do it? And you say, you're lazy. You know what being lazy is. You go to work, and there's work that needs to be done, and you want somebody else to do it. You don't do it. Or you see someone else who's not doing that work. You say, they're lazy. There's an old saying. People used to say, you're shiftless. Now, I don't know. Anybody ever heard that? Shiftless, I haven't figured that one out yet. You lazy, shiftless person. We know what being lazy is. So, 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 Paul is telling the Romans and telling us where zeal is, is needed, you must not be lazy. Where spiritual intensity is needed, you must not be lazy. So, quickly. 
I hope you get a picture of spiritual intensity. I wish I had a had a had a had a pot in here and 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 and, and a glass pot so I could have some water boiling. You gotta be boiling in the spirit. You gotta be on fire in the spirit. You gotta have the heat turned up high. Let me tell you, stuff is gonna come at you. Amen. It's going to come at you. Amen. It's coming at your intensity. Amen. We've always said the devil doesn't mind if you're saved. He doesn't mind if you go to church. He just doesn't want you on fire for God. Because once you're on fire for God, you're going to engage in God's work. Being on fire for God is not coming into church, speaking in tongues and laying out on the floor. Being on fire for God, amen, is when you're in the street, amen, you're telling someone about Jesus. When you're at home, you're lifting up the name of Christ. You're talking to your children about Christ. You're talking to your husband. You're talking to your wife about Christ. You're, oh God, do you understand? Because there's a boiling in your spirit. Amen. And you can't be satisfied. You, have you ever touched a hot pot? Hmm. My goodness. Ooh, somebody touched. Oh, goodness. Why are you so hot? It's the Holy Ghost. Ooh, burning inside of me. Why you can't keep your mouth closed for Jesus? It's the Holy Ghost burning inside him. I got to tell somebody about Jesus. I got to preach the word. Jeremiah made me think of Jeremiah when he said I wasn't going to preach anymore. Amen. I wasn't going to preach. I'm tired of these people. Amen. They're doing all of these things to me. Amen. And I decided I wasn't going to preach the word anymore. But his word was in me like fire shut up in my bones. You heard me talk about getting discouraged. I've been discouraged, but guess what? I can't stop because his word is in me. It's like fire shut up in my bones. Amen. The love of God is in me for you. Amen. It's like fire that shut up in my bones. Amen. If you do something I don't like, I ain't going to hate you because the love of God has been poured out in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen. That love in me is like fire shut up in my bones. Amen. I might get disgusted. You might get disgusted with me. Amen. But if the love of God is inside of you, amen, you're not going to walk away from me. You're going to stick glory to God because, uh, amen, the love is in you like fire that shut up in your bones. Amen. You're going to love your brothers. You're going to love your sisters because the the Spirit of God is inside of you and he's pouring out. Just like that word that's in you like fire. You can't stop. You can't stop. So, three things I'm going to talk to you about this to how to maintain the spiritual hotness. Amen. The spiritual intensity. Amen. That, that, that uh, so that you're not lazy in spiritual things. Three things quickly, and I'm going to be done. Amen. We'll probably t- I'm sure we'll talk more about this, amen, as we go along. And I'm looking forward to hearing what my ministers and elders have to say as they get the, are given the assignment to preach, amen, throughout these next few months. First of all, don't be lazy in your prayer life. Don't be lazy in your prayer life. Huh. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. Amen? Jesus prayed. So I want to look at him. He's my example. I'm not going to look at you now. I may not like what I see when I look at you. 
So I'm not going to look at you. Amen. I could be off base when I look at you, so I'm not going to look at you. I'm going to look at Jesus. Jesus prayed. I mean, we got the word. We got his life. We, we got it written here, right here in the words. If I want to see him, I get in the word. Jesus prayed. Jesus communicated with God regularly. And he taught his disciples to pray. Luke 18 and 1, Jesus said, men ought to always pray and what? Not faint. Amen. You ought to always pray. You know, when, when you faint, you become inactive. Jesus said, don't be inactive in your prayer life. Always pray. First Thessalonians 5 and 7, he says, pray without ceasing. Romans 12 and 12 says, be faithful in prayer. Prayer is your lifeline between you and God. You must keep it open. You must use it all of the time. It helps you maintain spiritual intensity. Don't be lazy in your prayer life. And you can include fasting in it. Amen. You got to include fasting because fasting is going to help you. Fasting, fasting, glory to God. Amen. Prayer and fasting go together. Amen. When you fast, when you see yourself waning, when you see yourself getting tired, when you see yourself getting distracted, go on a fast. Because fasting is going to focus your spirit. It's going to focus you in on the things of God. When you fast, you shut things out. You shut people out. You ain't got to tell nobody you fasting. Just between you and God. Because you see a need. Holy Spirit has, has revealed a need in your life. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to say, he's going to say, Catherine, excuse me for calling your name. <laughs> he's going to say, the Holy Spirit is going to say, Catherine, something's not right. You need to be dealing with this. Holy Spirit is going to say, Warren, something's not right in your spirit. And he may even point it out. Yeah. And you got to do something. You can't sit back and say, God fixed this. No, 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 no. Because what's happening is, is happening to, to, to drain you of your intensity. That has happened to so many people. And people are sitting at home today because their spiritual intensity has been drained. It, it doesn't have to be because somebody offended them. It could be that, you know, you have people that grow up in the church and come worship and don't pay attention on Sunday, and they don't come to Bible study. And they don't pick up their Bibles and study at home. So if the Word of God is my bread and my food, and I never eat it, then I'm going to starve to death. And the word of God is your food. It's your spiritual food. I jumped to my second point, which is study the word of God, but I'm going to put them all together. <laughs> so, so if I don't pray and I don't study the word of God, then I am, I'm starving myself. None of you only eat on Sundays unless you're fasting. You eat every day, three times a day and a snack in between. And if you're going to go on a fast, I'm going to tell you what people do. 
And we're going we're gonna to do, yeah. I remember when we did that 40-day fast for Lent. Folk would be leaving church, going to the restaurant, trying to stock up on food, eating. Like, okay, we're on this fast and we can't eat, so I'm going to stuff myself. You just hurt yourself when you do that because you, your, your body's going to process that food. It's going to be gone. Your stomach's going to swell. It's going to stretch. So the next time you start eating, it's going to want more food. That's not how you do this. No, you got to feed yourself spiritually every day. Otherwise, that, 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 that your intensity is going to drain. So for believers, Satan comes at your intensity. He doesn't want you to be on fire for God. You can go to church. You can sing, but he doesn't want you fasting and praying. He doesn't want you in Bible study. You find every excuse not to be in Bible study. And every excuse not only not to be in Bible study, but not to study on your own. You got to, and not to pray. It takes more than five minutes at night on, on your knees before you go to bed. And if you're so tired, too tired, you'll fall asleep right down on your knees. Whew. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. So you pray in good times. You pray in bad times. You pray in distressing times. You pray in times of plenty. You pray in times of lack. The Bible says do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. When you pray and fast, fast brings that flesh under subjection. Fast elevates your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and to spiritual things. So don't be lazy in fasting and praying. Don't be lazy in studying and meditating in the Word of God. Hebrews says the Word of God is active and alive. See, I need this Word in me. So that when I don't have the Bible with me, the Word is already in me. Amen? And the Holy Spirit's job is to bring back to my remembrance those things that I've studied. Amen? My job is to obey. But he's going to do his job. Amen? As I study the Word. So, 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 and this Word is active. This Word is alive. This Word, amen, amen, amen. It's not just words on a page, but it comes in me. Amen? Amen. And it works in my life. Glory to God, to produce the good works, amen, that God wants in my life, to draw me close to God, to remind me of how I should treat you, to remind me of how I should be engaged in the work of the Lord, amen. John 6, 63, Jesus declares, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life, Amen. The psalmist declared, your word is a lamp for my feet. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. The word is your lamp. Amen? Amen. The, the, he says, it's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Amen. You don't know which way your path should go. Oh, you don't know what's on the path. The word, amen, is a light to your path. If, we're to, if we will maintain spiritual intensity, we need to be faithful in studying and meditating on the word of, of the Lord. It's another part of fellowshiping with God. 
because it's his word that we're studying and meditating on. And we need to hear what he is saying. You're hearing a lot of voices out here. There are a lot of voices in this world. What else are you hearing besides what you hear on the radio? What else are you hearing besides what you hear on television? What else are you hearing besides what you hear on your job? Are you hearing God? You need his word. Lastly, to maintain spiritual intensity, it is more than what we do. It is what he does in us that makes all of the difference in the world. The disciples would have been simply men who followed Jesus if they would not been filled with the Holy Spirit and maintained a spiritual relationship. Jesus knew that, and Jesus told them, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send a comforter. And he sent the comforter. Acts 2 and 1 says, when the day of Pentecost fully came, they, they were all there in the upper room, and there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind that filled all the house, that they were all the room where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, there appeared what, uh, they, they saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. You see, you see the picture of the Holy Ghost? Flames of fire. Ooh, God is a consuming fire. He didn't say drops of water. He said flames of fire. Hallelujah. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And Peter preached that day, filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And 3,000 souls were saved. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and this man saw them, amen. He was lame from birth, and he began to beg for money. And Peter looked at him and said, look on us. There's a silver and gold we don't have, but what we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they caught him by his hand, and immediately he received strength in his legs, and he rised up and began to, he rose up and began to walk. Filled with the Holy Ghost they were. Next chapter 4, verse 8. Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and others of the high priestly family were questioning Peter and John about what had happened and what power, what name they healed that lame man. The Bible says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers of the people, if you're questioning us about how this man was healed, let it be known to you that Jesus of now, I'm not quoting the whole verse like it was, but basically Peter was saying, it's, in the, it's by the name and the power of Jesus of Nazareth that this man was healed. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, saints. Stephen, even when they were preparing to stone him to death, amen, they picked up stone, the Bible says, he looked up to heaven full of the Holy Ghost. He didn't stop preaching even though his life was threatened. But a spiritual intensity, that spiritual fire was burning. Saints, we need that fire today. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. He says, be filled with the Spirit, which means be being filled. Be being filled. You got to keep that fire. 
You got to keep that intensity every day, every day. Because these things do happen in life. Life does happen. But you don't just let life happen without going back and getting a fresh anointing, without going back and get a refreshing from the Lord. You got to keep every day being refreshed in the Holy Ghost. You got to keep that, 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 that eye of the electric stove in your life on high. Oh, Lord have mercy. I tell you, saints, if you want to maintain spiritual intensity, if you want to be on fire for the things of God, then you need the fire of God, the Holy Spirit himself living within you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Cultivate your relationship with him. Don't shy away from him. Amen? Draw nigh to him. Amen? The Bible says if you, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Well, hold, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of Christ. And to say, if, say, if I, you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you, is the same thing saying if you draw near to the Holy Spirit, he's going to draw near to you. There have been times, saints of God, when I've had to preach and didn't know what to preach, or there have been times I've been going through some things and didn't know what to say, and I just began to pray in my prayer language. Some people are scared of a prayer language. Well, you don't need to be scared of it. You need to find out what it is. Amen. You've got to stir up the gift that's inside of you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Maintain your spiritual intensity. I'm going to stop right there. We'll finish this another day. Amen? I pray. Get this image in your mind. If you get nothing else from this message, when we talk about spiritual intensity, see a pot boiling on the stove. That's what God wants in your life. That's what God wants in your life. Oh, Lord Jesus. And you know what? I Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to preach another message. But if you want to purify water, boil it. With all the other chemical agents, boil it. Holy Ghost want to purify you. He has to be boiling in you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody just stand to your feet and just begin to thank God for the, for the Holy Spirit living in you. Amen. Thank God. Amen. As you begin to allow him to boil inside of you. Come on, saints. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, we need you boiling inside of us. We need you boiling inside of us, Lord. Hallelujah. We need the spiritual intensity in every one of our lives, Lord God. So we're on fire for you and on fire for your things, on fire for your work, on fire for your business, Lord God. Hallelujah. God, I pray for your people today, Lord God, all over this building. God, in the name of Jesus, whatever has been drawing on them and draining them of that spiritual intensity, God, we thank you, Lord, for your plan and your purposes and your strategy, Lord God, to get ourselves burning again, Lord God, to get our spirits on fire for you again, Lord. We submit to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your way, Lord God. We say yes to prayer. We say yes to fasting. We say yes, Lord, to studying your word, God, as we've never done it before. God, we come back to you. We return to you, Lord God, because we need the fire. Oh, we need the intensity. Oh, God, for spiritual things, our, our spirit man, this, our spirit woman needs to be on fire for you, God. 
Oh, God, we pray now for freshness. We pray for fresh and filling. We pray for spiritual intensity. From this day forward, we're turning that electric eye on high. On high. We're turning that gas on high. That flame will be burning in us from this day forward, Lord God, so that we're on fire for you, God. Holy Ghost, purify us. Holy Ghost, purify us. Holy Ghost, purify us. Purify us. Purify us. Purify us. Purify us, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. So that we're on fire for you. For we're on fire for your kingdom and for the work of your kingdom. You said the harvest is ready. Oh, God. We need your spiritual intensity so that we're engaged in what you've called us to engage in. God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, if there's anybody this morning that would like, <coughs> excuse me, give your life to Jesus. Remember this. Christ gave his life for everyone, not for a select few. Christ satisfied the righteous requirement of the law that you couldn't satisfy. And the only way to God is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way. That's not for a select few. That's for anybody who will hear and believe. There's a place in God's kingdom for you. If you're outside of Christ, then the kingdom that you live in is the kingdom of Satan, who's the prince of the power of the air and will do everything he can to keep you away from Christ. But if you heard the message today, the Lord is speaking to you. The Lord is calling you. Will you give your life to him? It's a decision that only you can make. Give your life to Jesus. And start this process of growing in him. So you can be used by him for his glory. Now the Lord just doesn't use you and throw you away. The Lord uses you and he blesses you along the way. And he has a place prepared for you when this life is ended so that you can be with him forever. The benefits of following Christ are far greater than anything the world can offer you. Would you give your life to Jesus today? I want to pray a prayer of confession. If you're watching me online, you're watching this broadcast, and you want to give your life to Christ. If you're in the sanctuary and you want to give your life to Christ, I want to give you that opportunity you can do that right now. That's your desire. Pray this prayer along with me. You say, well, what if I don't feel anything? Salvation is not by feeling. Salvation is by faith. What if I'm not finished doing what I want to do? You'll never be finished doing what you want to do. You got you to make up your mind to give your life to Jesus. The devil will make sure that you're never finished. Your eyes will never be satisfied. Nope. 
never be satisfied. Your desires will never be completed. You just have to allow the Holy Ghost to come in and change your desires. So you got to start somewhere. Starting this, giving your life to Jesus. Let's pray this prayer. If you want to be saved today, the key word is if you want to be saved. Now, if you want to be, the Lord can save you. And he will. He went to the pool one day. There's this man that had been laying there crippled, I think, for 38 years. Jesus said, do you want to be made well? The man had an excuse. He said, Lord, I don't have nobody to put me in the water when the water is troubled. I don't want to explain all of the water troubling, but, 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 but he said, I don't have anybody to put me in the water. Jesus just said, do you want to be? He didn't deal with the man's excuses. He asked a pointy question. Do you want to be? And when the man said yes, the Lord healed him. If you say, yes, Lord, I want to be, the Lord can save you and will save you. It's your desire. It's your decision, not mine. Not your parents, not your loved one. It's your decision. But know this, when you say no to God, when you've been confronted, you're rejecting the gift of life, the salvation that the Lord is providing to you at this moment. It can come tomorrow. It can come next week. You know you have this moment. You don't know you have tomorrow. You don't know you have next week. So I urge you, I urge you, I appeal to you, I beg you, if you want to be saved, do it now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I don't know how, Lord, but I believe that you gave your life to satisfy God's righteous requirement for me so that I can live and have life in you. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. Save me from my sin. Lord Jesus, I want to be saved. I give my life to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for hearing me. If I believe that you heard me, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, 
and you would like to help further this cause. We're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.